0: Now, no, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, imagine Allstate Arena, filled with youth, all on fire, all saved, shouting Elevate, let's sing it like, let's say it like we're in Allstate Arena and there's it's packed with youth saying Elevate, one. What? okay, so one more time, so Elevate, fire, fire, Elevate, fire, fire, fire,
1: Elevate,
0: fire, 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 fire. Woo, amen, awesomeness, so, God is doing big things, I'm Lawrence, your friendly neighborhood kid, so, um, I'm going to have, as you guys know, right, we're doing this whole Sea Wet the Pole thing. It's going to be amazing. And in preparation for that, we had Jason, uh, two weeks ago, share about what God's doing at Shores. Boom shakalaka. God's doing all kinds of crazy stuff over there, right? Then we had Cielo getting dreams and visions. Oh my gosh, Jesus is moving. It's amazing. And now we're going to have Jojo come up. Get up here now. Amen. We're going to have Jojo come up, and he's going to share what God's doing. And intrinsic, and he's going to pray for our schools. Amen. Give it up.
1: First off, I don't have any dreams and visions, okay? So. Um, but, oh, this is really bright. Um, I would say, like, the beginning of the school year, every Wednesday, me and TJ, after school, we would either A, evangelize, or B, um, we would, uh, what do we do? We uh, do a Bible study, right? So we would go to the library and uh, do the thing, handle God's business. Um. So I just say that uh, it's been affecting lives. Raise your hand if you're in intrinsic. Raise that hand. Raise that hand, bro. Right? And Fernando, yeah. Right. So obviously it's affecting people, right? So, <laughs> um, so uh, it's just been a, a it's been great to know that uh, you know God's doing something in uh, in uh, in our school, in my school, um, and it's starting with me and uh, TJ. Uh, every Wednesday, people are getting saved. Just Two weeks ago, on Wednesday, right, uh, these two girls, they gave their life to the Lord, right? Yeah. And uh, They said they will be here. They're not. <laughs> um, but we'll remind them. Uh, and this Wednesday, uh, we're just uh, going to do more things for God. We're going to evangelize, and we're going to do more things for God. So, yeah. Okay, right? okay cool. Uh, Dear Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for uh, my school, Lord God, for our schools, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for um, the high schools, Lord God, that uh, that need Jesus, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that um that every person in this room, Lord God, will have a. We we'll have a heart, Lord God, to want to reach their schools, Lord God. I pray, Jesus, Lord God, that You would give us that fire, Lord God, that You would give us that burning in our hearts, Lord God, to to evangelize to our friends, Lord God, to our staff members, our teachers, Lord God, our principals, Lord God. I pray, Jesus, that uh, You would just give us the heart, Lord God, for the others, Lord God, to believe in You, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that uh, we can multiply in this place, Lord God, that we'll have shures here, Lord God, we'll have Taft here, we'll have Intrinsic, Lord God, any other high schools, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that uh, there will be uh, so much, Lord God, that the sides, Lord God, will be filled up, Lord God. That the sides of the uh, this uh, sanctuary, Lord God, will be filled, Lord God. The rows, Lord God, will be outnumbered, Lord God. That we need more chairs, Lord God, because there's not enough uh, kids to fit in, in this place, Lord God. I pray, Jesus, that it all start with us, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that um, it will find it in our hearts, Lord God, will want to do it, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen,
0: amen. Give it up, give it up. Jesus is doing big things. That's right. He's doing big things. Amen. So uh, without further ado, let's all open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Y'all know the drill. If you don't bring your Bible to church, yeah, bring your Bible to church. So um, while I'm going to be preaching and sharing my uh, my word for it tonight, Daryl's going to be over here playing the keys. Don't mind him. It's just the glory. Shekinah glory is just going to kind of. Emanate to everyone. But anyway, so that's what's going on. It's okay. Amen. So Matthew 7, verse 7. It's going to be the basis of my message. I'm going to be sticking to this kind of theme that it it gives us here in the first verse, Um, and I'm going to keep coming back to it. So I want you guys to really just get it in your hearts, get it in your minds. If I repeat it 10 times over, don't be, don't be annoyed. Don't get bothered. Don't fall asleep get it in your heart because this is what God is speaking to us tonight. Amen. So Matthew 7 verse 7 here's what it says. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Okay this isn't Greek. This isn't ancient Hebrew. This isn't a algebraic equation. It's very simple. Jesus is saying to us if we ask It will be what? It'll be given to who? Us. You. Me. Right? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek. And what's going to happen? You're going to find. Right? So if you're seeking, if you're seeking, if you're searching, if you're seeking, you'll find. Right? That's what Jesus is saying here. Okay? So if we ask, it'll be given to us. All right? If we seek, we'll find it. And number three, if we knock, what's going to happen to the door that we're knocking on? the door will be open very simple very very simple almost a mic drop close the bible moment walk away because it's just so clear Jesus makes it so very clear he basically kind of says the same thing three times oh actually it's six because if we go down to verse number eight it says then again for everyone who asks for everyone who asks what receives hold on a second that sounds like verse seven Jesus is really wanting us to get the picture here, right? Okay, so everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks, what? Finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus says the same thing six times in six different ways. I think Jesus is trying to make a point here, guys. Just by, just based off of this passage, do you think God's kind of willing to give us what we ask him for, Right? Do you think if we're going to seek, we're going to find? Do you think if we're knocking on a door, the door will probably open, right? This is what Jesus is saying. He's making it clear. He's saying, look, all you have to do is ask. Because the moment you ask, what's going to happen? According to Jesus, what's going to happen? Not according to what you heard, what your friends say, what, uh, you know, what Father Tom says or whatever. Okay, what is Jesus? If you ask, you'll, you'll receive. It'll be given to you. If you ask Jesus, if you come to him and say, Lord, I kind of need help in this area. I need this. I need strength. I need grace. If you ask him, you'll receive. It will be given to you. If you're seeking, if you're looking, if you're searching, does God say he's going to play hide and seek with you? Does he say he's going to give you the run around and kind of, you know, leave you off wandering around by yourself getting lost or whatever? Is that what he says? No, it says, seek and you'll find. Seeking, you'll find. Very simple. If you're seeking, hey, there's good news. You'll find. You'll find it. You'll discover it. So many times in evangelism, we, 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 we witness to people who say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just seeking God. I'm just seeking the truth, man. You know, all the religions, man, they're all the same, man. They all worship the same God, man. I'm just, I'm just seeking the truth out for myself. Well, uh, sir, ma'am, uh, the Bible says if you're really seeking, you'll find it. Um, how come you haven't found it? How come you haven't found it? Because according to Jesus, hello somebody, if you're seeking, if you're truly seeking, if you're truly looking around for something, for an answer, if you're truly seeking God, you'll find him. What does that say about God? If we're seeking God, we'll find him. What does that say about him? That says he's not hiding. That says he's not playing games. That says he's not in some corner trying to run away from us. He's not playing hide and go seek. That's not the God we serve. We serve a God that if we seek him, we'll find him right there. Boom. Right? Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. If you're knocking on a door, you're asking God for an open opportunity. The door will open up to you. These are Jesus' words. And I just love how he repeats it over and over again. It's like, okay, if you didn't get it in the first verse, he repeats the whole thing a second time. Ask and it will be given to you. Okay, God, I got it. I understand, Lord. If I ask, I'll receive. And Jesus is like, No, 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 but, but if you seek, you'll, you'll find. Okay, God, I, I got it. I think, you know, if, if I seek, then I'll find. It's like, No, no, no. What, what, what if, you, if you knock on the door, it, it'll be open to you. It's like, Okay, God, ask, seek, knock. Okay, I, I got it. I got it, Jesus. Amen. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. No, you don't. For everyone who asks receives. Jesus, I understand. I get what you're saying. He's like, No, 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 but, but the one who seeks also finds. It's like, okay, okay, Jesus, I understand. It makes sense now. You don't have to. And then it's like Jesus cuts you off in the middle. It's like, no, and the one who knocks, the door will be open to you. Jesus is pretty enthusiastic about this. He's pretty energetic and enthusiastic about us asking him, about us seeking him, about us knocking. Why do you think he's enthusiastic about that? You see, when we ask, we receive. When we seek him, we find him. When we knock, we, the door's open for us. That's why he's enthusiastic. That's why he's trying to repeat it over and over. That's why he's trying to get that, that, that thought across. So that we just don't sit on the sidelines and not ask for anything. And not seek him. And not knock on doors. He's saying, look, if you ask, I'm right here. I'll give it to you. Ask and you shall receive. It'll be given to you, Right? Going down to verse verse 8, he gives us a great example. He says here, actually verse 9, verse 9. It says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Where's uh, Ashley, Mama Ashley in the house? I think she's probably with her baby. Amen, look at that. So imagine Ashley, right, her son, baby Yuli. Okay, there's a leader named Ashley. She has a baby named baby Yuli, right? there we go awesome amen so imagine her her son her baby is hungry is crying right the baby wants food clearly the baby's hungry baby hasn't eaten in a while some of you guys babysit some of you guys have worked with children and kids when they get hungry they get a little crazy they get they get a little cray-cray right they lose control they start spazzing all this stuff okay if a kid gets hungry do you give them a stone Do you go outside, grab a rock? Like, okay, here you go. There's your food, baby. Eat eat the rock, right? Who does that? You know, I've I've seen a lot of... No, Kayla, don't do that. Okay, I've seen a lot of crazy stories on the news. I've never seen mom gives baby rock for food. I've never seen that, right? Then Jesus goes on. He gives us another example. He says in verse 10, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. Go to a friend's house. Hey, you know, I'm kind of hungry. Do you got some fish in the fridge? Oh, yeah, I got some fish. You go in the fridge, pick up a snake. Here you go. Here's your fish. It's like, ah, you know, right? No, no, nobody does that. Nobody does that, unless you're goofing around and playing. But for somebody who you really care about, you know, even the most evil people, you know, even Hitler. Hitler had people he loved. He wasn't giving rocks to his kids. He wasn't giving rocks to his side chick or whoever he was. I don't know if he was married, but I know he had different women around him, right? He wasn't giving rocks and snakes to these people. He loved them. Hitler, I wish Hitler loved everybody, but he had those specific people in his life that he looked out for. And even in, in his own sinful, wicked, evil state, he knew not to give a stone to somebody who's hungry, to somebody he loves who's hungry, or a snake to somebody who he loves wanting a fish. Again, in verse 11, it kind of reinstates that. It. it says, if you then, though you are evil, hello somebody, if you then, though you are evil, though you have a sinful nature, though are." or uh, though humanity is fallen is evil is wicked the bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked right who can know it it says though we have an evil heart though we are wicked how much no, even though we're wicked and we're evil we still know how to give good gifts to your to our children i read it again verse 11 it says if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven Give good gifts to those who, what? To those who ask him. To those who ask him, right? God is saying, look, even evil people, even your jacked up, you know, whatever person, mama, father, whatever, you know, they could be lost, they could be addicted, they could be all this stuff, but somehow, every now and then, they give a good gift. You know what I mean? The Bible is saying, look, even though humanity in its evil state, all that stuff, Our natural desire, our natural inclination is to give a good gift to our children, to our kids. Sometimes, you know, you have these different movies where the, you know, there's this really bad guy. He's like a killer. He like robs banks and all this stuff. And then he has a kid and then his whole world changes and he doesn't want to be evil anymore, right? And then he wants to like be a good guy or something like that because he wants to be an example to his kid. He wants his kid to have the best of the best, right? The Bible's saying even evil people know how to give good gifts. So if that's the case, if evil people know how to give good gifts... If evil people know that you don't give a stone to somebody who's hungry, if even they understand that, if even we as fallen creatures, sinful uh, in, our, in our hearts, if even we know how to give good gifts, then how much more so, how much more so our Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask Him? How much more so our Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask Him? But what's the key here? Remember verse 7, ask and you shall, thank you Victor, amen, this this guy's awesome. It says, ask and you shall receive. And so then here in verse 11 at the end, it says, your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. He gives good gifts to those, not just to anybody, not just to random folks, he's not just giving it off all, you know, flippantly to whoever, he gives it to those who ask him. Because if we ask him, we will receive. And what we ask of him, it will be given to us, correct? That's what Jesus is saying. That's what God says in his word, Matthew 7, 7 through 11 here. He gives good gifts to those who ask him. He gives good gifts to those who ask him. What are we asking God for in this place? Are we asking God for things? Does God even enter our minds for us to bring Him into a situation and say, God, I need this. Lord, I need help. I need grace. I need strength. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I need this. Lord, I need you in my life. It's important to ask God because if you never ask Him, you can't receive from Him. Do we understand that? When was the last time you asked God for something? I know so many of us are going through trials and tribulations and we're complaining and we're whining about how how our life sucks or whatever, but are we asking God for things? Are we bringing him into the situation? Because he says in his word, he knows how to give good gifts. He knows how to help us out. He knows how to give us strength. He knows how to give us peace. Are we asking for it? Are we just sitting on the sidelines trying to do it on our own? father in heaven gives good gifts to those who ask him and when we ask him he doesn't play games he doesn't play hide and go seek he doesn't give us the runaround we receive we receive when we ask him so going now to matthew chapter 8 it's interesting after jesus kind of gives us this this summary of just asking and receiving what that means what that looks like the following chapter then records something that's very interesting Listen, in my opinion, the way it's arranged, you'll see what I'm talking about in a second. So the next chapter, in chapter 7, verse 7, okay, ask, you shall receive. Okay, got it, cool, awesome. Next chapter, boom. Here we go, we see, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Okay, Jesus is going on his way. Comes down from a mountain. Okay, cool, crowds start to follow him. And then verse 2, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him. Okay, before I move on, a man with leprosy. What is leprosy? Leprosy is a very dehabilitating skin disease, okay? Leprosy eats away at your flesh. You could lose body parts. You could lose your nose. You could lose your fingers. These type of things happen to those people who get leprosy. They don't look cool. They don't look fun. You don't see a person with leprosy and want to hang out with them. They look ugly. They look pitiful. And as a matter of fact, back then, 2,000 years ago, people who had leprosy were put out of society. They were put out of the camp, out of the town. You get out of here. You have leprosy. You're sick. You're disgusting. Leave, please, because we don't want what you have, right? A man with leprosy. This is what this guy had. And he was in isolation and separation from the rest of society and culture up to this point. The people who had this sickness, who had this disease, were put out because of fear that they would get contaminated themselves and then catch leprosy. So people who had leprosy lived their whole lives basically among themselves, away from everybody else. Secluded, isolated, right? This man with leprosy, with that disease, with that background, comes to Jesus, okay? And he kneels before him, and he does something very, very, very interesting in light of what we're talking about tonight. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Imagine this man with leprosy, his whole life being sick, being diseased. Losing body parts, his life probably withering away has, has nothing, probably nothing worth to live for. His life is pretty much done. He's just hanging on just, just for the sake of hanging on, just because he doesn't want to kill himself, okay? He's just kind of hanging, he's just living life. He's just existing at this point, point. and he comes to Jesus. He hears about Jesus performing miracles, Jesus doing signs and wonders, all these different things happening, and he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can make me clean. See, this man with leprosy knew Jesus was a miracle worker. This man with leprosy knew that Jesus could heal the sick, raise the dead. He understood this about Jesus. He knew this about Jesus. So what does he say? He doesn't say, God, can you make me well? Can you heal me? No, he knows he can do that. He knows Jesus can heal him and make him well and make him clean. But what does he say before that? He says, Lord, if you're willing. If you're willing, Jesus. I know you can do it, but God, are you willing? Do you want to? God, do you want to heal me? I've been isolated. I've been separated from everybody else. I've been outcast my whole entire life. God, do you want to heal me? Can you heal me? Are you even willing to heal me, Lord? He goes out of his way to do this. Now, hold on a second. Before I move on, what does Matthew 7 say? Matthew 7, 7. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Okay, so... Coming into this next chapter, this man with leprosy, he's asking for healing. He's asking for God to touch him and make him well and make him clean. Well, according to verse, according to chapter 7, verse 7 of Matthew, let's see the principle, the theory, (laughs) if you ask God, you'll receive, amen? So this man with leprosy comes to Jesus, hey, Lord, are you willing to make me clean? Are you willing to make me healed and well? What is Jesus' response? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Praise God for a God who is willing. He asked for it. This man with leprosy comes to Jesus asking for healing. Jesus says, he looks him in the eye. This person who's been an outcast his whole life, separated, blackballed from society, separated from his family, his brothers, his sisters, all of that. He comes to Jesus, Lord, are you willing to make me well? Do you care? Are you willing, Jesus, to heal me? Jesus looks him back in the eye, touches him, and says, I am willing. Now, hold on a second. Before I even move on, just one thing. I just noticed this. It says, and touch the man. Here's the thing. Number one rule about people with leprosy, you don't touch them. You do not touch somebody with leprosy or else you'll get sick. This man with leprosy probably has not been touched by anybody his whole life, but Jesus steps in and touches him. Breaks through the the, the constraints of society, touches him, and makes him well, and heals him in an instant. Why? Why, why, why? Because he's willing. Because if we ask, we'll receive. Because if we seek, we find. Because if we knock, the door will be open. Is Jesus done? No, of course not. We move forward now. A few verses down to verse 5. Of chapter 8 verse 5 here we go now Jesus is now moving to Capernaum he's taking his disciples they are moving into this other city now they're walking there when Jesus yeah a centurion now comes to Jesus when he's on his way to Capernaum Jesus going there to this other city and the centurion comes to him and does something very similar to the man with leprosy right the centurion comes to Jesus And immediately, what do we see there at the top? He asks for help. Come on, somebody. Are you asking God for help? There you go. There's the message. Are you asking God for help? Because if you do, you'll receive it. Amen. So here we go. The centurion comes to Jesus asking for help. Okay, hold on. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and you shall receive. Okay, okay, cool. So the centurion comes, asks Jesus, hey, I need help. He comes to me, says in verse Six, I believe, there. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Centurion comes to Jesus. He has a need. What is his need? His servant is paralyzed. He's suffering. He's, he's just going through some crazy experience. He's suffering terribly. And he wants it to stop. He wants his servant to be made well again. First off, I just think it's interesting to note this centurion actually cares about his servant. I think that's pretty cool. A lot of times back then, they could care less about their servant. But this uh, centurion actually cared about what his servant was going through enough to come to Jesus right so this cer- the centurion comes to Jesus he says hey I have a need let me ask you for help Jesus my my, my servant he's a, he, he lies at home he's paralyzed he's suffering terribly in verse 7 Jesus said to him shall I come and heal him see Jesus Jesus doesn't even question he doesn't even like give some goofy dumb question answer what I, he just said hey uh, should I come over to your place do you want me to heal him what, what's up he's, he's already willing guys do you see this here Jesus is already there, ready to do whatever this man is, is asking him for in that moment. He's like, do you want me to heal him? Should I come over there? Should I, what, 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 what do you want me to do? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not even deserve to have you come under my roof. Next verse. Next slide. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Now, there's a whole other side gospel message, sermon, whatever, about the centurion and his faith to, to begin with. To believe just that God could even just speak, and instantly the person would be healed. But that's besides the point here. The centurion comes to Jesus, point in case, asks for help, asks for a servant to be made well. Then Jesus, in verse 10, let's skip to there, verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Verse 11, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the Feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Next slide. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said, verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, what does he tell them? What does he tell the centurion? Does he tell the centurion, go away, I don't have time for you, I have better things to do, I'm not willing, I'm I'm, I'm like God, so I like got to create stuff like, hold on centurion, wait over here, take a number. Jesus doesn't show the centurion, okay, stand over here, stand in line, take a number, I'll come, I'll get around to you. What does he say? Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you have believed it would. And his servant was what? Healed at that very moment. Bam, instantly. Jesus speaks it. He's healed instantly. Did the centurion have to go through hoops? Did he have to climb some mountain? Did he have to say seven Hail Marys? What what did the centurion have to do? He just had to come to Jesus and ask him for help. He just had to walk over to Jesus. Doop-dee-doop-dee-doop. Hey, Jesus, can you heal my servant? Okay, sure, yes, bam, he's healed. There you go. That's Jesus for you. He's willing. If we ask, we'll receive. Matthew 7, 7. Of course, Jesus is still not done. We move further on. Next slide. Then now Jesus comes into Peter's house, one of his disciples. He sees Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. In verse 15, it says he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. Now, it's interesting in in, uh, in the Gospel of Luke, it has the same story, but it gives a little bit more details. In Luke, it says that the people that were there, as a matter of fact, if we can go there, if we can turn there, just for the uh, for the sake of clarity here, let me see if I can find it. Just so you see, basically the people in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, same story, the added details, they asked Jesus for help. They asked Jesus to come onto the scene, heal Peter's mother-in-law. Here we go. Oscar, if you can put in Luke chapter 4, verse 38 through 40. Luke chapter 4, verses 38 to 40. Chapter 4. Here we go. I'm going to read it here in my own, in in, in this Bible here. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon, Peter. At that time, Peter's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. So, there we go. I'll read it (laughs) there. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon, Again, Simon, also called Peter. Same person, Simon Peter. So, now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they, what? Come on, somebody, what did they do? They asked Jesus to help her. They asked Jesus to help her. Again, very simple. Very, very, very simple. They just asked Jesus. Jesus is there. They see him. They see their mother-in-law sick. Hey Jesus, can you heal my mother-in-law? So what does he do? What does Jesus do? Does he tell the mother or does he tell Simon and the people there to take a number? Does he tell them to wait in line? Does he tell them I'll get around to it? No, he's so he goes over, he bends over. He rebuked the fever and it left her instantly. She got up and at once began to wait on them. Bam! Gets healed, gets restored. Her health. Is restored, made back to 100%. Jesus doesn't wait around. He doesn't play games. He sees the need. He heals it. He takes care of it. He does something about it. They ask, they receive. These three examples that we have in chapter 8, and again, guys, I mean, all throughout Scripture, you know, as interesting, as I was getting this message together, I found it very interesting that. Not once, at least with signs and wonders, miracles, healings, all that stuff, not once does Jesus turn somebody down. Not once. Everybody hear that? Not once does Jesus turn somebody down. What am I saying? That means that when somebody asks God to heal them, when somebody asks Jesus to help them, Jesus helped them. Jesus never said, stop. No, I'm not going to heal you. I'm not going to help you. Jesus never does that. He always heals. He always restores. He always helps. He's always reaching out. He's always touching people. Every time we see Jesus going through these different neighborhoods, going through these different cities, people are getting healed left and right instantly. Why? Because he's willing. Because when people asked him, he was willing to give them what they needed in that time, in that moment. Ask, and it will be given to you, right? In these three specific examples, I want to focus on one thing. If we can go back to verse 1 of chapter 8. Very important. These three people, the centurion, the person with leprosy, Peter's mother-in-law. Here's the thing, guys. Somebody had to get up and come to Jesus. They had to get up. This man with leprosy, who knows how far he was. He heard about Jesus. He heard Jesus was probably going to be in this one town, this one area. He said to himself, you know what? Let me get up from what I'm doing. Let me stop. Let me go over to where Jesus is so I can ask him. Amen? This man with leprosy, he was sick. He needed God. So what did he do? He didn't just sit there where he was, moping around, complaining about how bad his life is. No, what did he do? He got up and he went to Jesus. He went to Jesus, he he sought Jesus, he was seeking Jesus, he found Jesus, and then he asked Jesus for help. And the moment he asked Jesus for help, Jesus reaches out and touches him instantly. And he was healed. Now hold on guys, remember, at the end of that, at the end of verse 11 in chapter 7, God says that the Father will give good gifts to those who ask him, right? To those who ask him. So what does that mean? The man with leprosy didn't take the time to get up, to go and walk and crawl, go over mountains, go wherever, whatever he needed to do. If that man with leprosy did not do that and did not come to Jesus and never asked him for his healing, he never would have gotten healed. If he never asked Jesus for healing, he would not have gotten healed from leprosy. He would have still been sick and he would have died a leper, an outcast. Separate from everybody else. If he never would have asked Jesus. If the centurion never would have approached Jesus. Never went to God. Never saw, never sought him out. The centurion probably had to have ears everywhere to define to, to exactly where Jesus was. They didn't have GPS back then. They didn't have Snapchat back then. They didn't have Facebook back then. The centurion had to do some investigating. Had to do some digging around. Okay, where's Jesus going to now? Okay, let me see if I can meet him there. The centurion goes out of his way to meet Jesus, stops him in his tracks, and asks him. But if that centurion would have never gone, would have never stopped Jesus, would have never asked for that miracle, my friends, his servant would have died. He would have died of that sickness, and Jesus would have never healed him. In the third example, Peter's mother-in-law. And Luke, what did they do? They asked Jesus to help her. It says right here, and in Luke, you can go back to that one, Oscar. It says in Luke that they asked him. It says, and they asked Jesus to help her. They asked Jesus to help her, right? These people at Peter's house Asked Jesus. See, Jesus did not heal his mother-in-law. He didn't do it until they asked. Do we understand that, in, that pla- in this place? If they never would have asked, we would have been reading about Peter's sixth mother-in-law. Would have stayed sick. Who knows? She might have she even died. They didn't have medicine back then. With a high fever like that, she probably would have been gone. Died that very night. Who knows? But They stopped. They saw Jesus, and they saw an opportunity. They said, Jesus is here. Hold on. Let me take advantage of this moment. Jesus, can you help her? They asked her. They asked him to help her. They went out of their way. They asked, and guess what they received? But if they never would have asked, guys, this person, Simon's mother-in-law, would have probably died, definitely would have been stayed sick, and who knows where that fever would have gone person with leprosy the centurion the paralyzed servant and this and simon's mother-in-law peter's mother-in-law they would have never received their miracle they would have never received their breakthrough guys some of you need to understand this they would have never received anything from jesus they would have been sick they would have been miserable they would have been complaining they would have been whining Who knows, that one of them might have even committed suicide. That leopard might have been on the verge of suicide, living the kind of life he lived. Secluded from everybody else. They would have gone on in their lives messed up, jacked up, still sick. Still sick. Still hurting. Still in pain. Still on the verge of death. But what happens? These three people meet Jesus. Jesus. And what happens when they meet Jesus? They ask him to help them. They ask him to touch them. They say, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. Lord, touch me, help me, heal me. And Jesus does it instantly. I love the words Jesus says to that leper. He says, I'm willing. I'm willing. Who knows how many doctors that leper probably tried to go to to find help, how miserable his life was, probably starving, begging for food, begging for money, being rejected by everybody, and here the Son of Man comes onto the scene, says, I'm willing, touches him when no one else wants to touch him, because why? Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock on the door will be opened to you. Because everybody who asks receives, and everybody who seeks finds, and everybody who knocks, the door will be open to them. All throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, when people ask Jesus to intervene, when people come to Jesus and ask Him for help, when people come to Jesus and ask God to touch them, my friends, He does it every time. He meets them where they're at, He heals. He restores. He delivers. Even, even in the Old Testament when the Israelites kept going back to their sin. Guys, every time they repented and said, God, we don't want to live like this anymore. Would you help us? Would you deliver us? God would instantly save them and deliver them from their enemies. But they had to ask first. They had to ask first. They had to ask first. In the New Testament, there's, there's many examples. There was a woman, at, 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 at the woman at the well whom Jesus meets. Some of you guys know that story. This woman is coming to draw water. Jesus strikes up a conversation with her. Long story short, he ends up preaching the gospel to her. And Jesus tells her about this living, eternal water that can satisfy her soul. And guess what? She asks Jesus a question. She says, Jesus, I want to have this water. I want to have this living water, this eternal life that you're talking about. And guess what? She leaves saved. And transformed. God gives it to her because she asked. In the book of Acts, you have the disciples in the middle of persecution. The religious leaders, they end up arresting Peter and John. Tell them, don't preach the gospel. You can't share the good news of Jesus Christ. Be quiet. Stay silent. Go away. Disciples come back and they report the rest of the other believers there. And the believers, maybe they're a little bit afraid. They're a little bit scared. They may be feeling a little bit intimidated, but guess what? You know what? They got together, they prayed, they said, Lord, God, we, we need boldness right now. Lord, where we're receiving all these threats that people are intimidating us. It's not looking good. Jesus, can you give us some boldness in this hour? And by the way, also, God, can you, can you also extend your hand to heal? Can you perform signs and wonders as we preach the gospel so that people know that you're real? Based off of that principle in and, and Matthew 7, ask you your, and it'll be given to you. So the disciples in, in the book of Acts are asking for boldness, are asking for signs and wonders to happen. What ends up happening then? Jesus does it! Because they ask for it, and instantly it says, they receive boldness, and they start proclaiming the word of God with no fear. And healings and signs and wonders begin to happen among them. But it starts with us asking God. It starts with us asking God. What are you asking God for in this place? What are you asking God for? Have you asked God for anything? Are you asking God for healing? Are you asking God for deliverance? Are you asking God for breakthrough in your life? You're struggling with pornography. You're struggling with depression. You're struggling with laziness or or lukewarm uh, lukewarm spirit. You don't care about anything. You're, You're dealing with these different things. Are you asking God about it? Are you coming to Jesus and saying, God, I need your help? If you're on the verge of suicide, if you're having suicidal thoughts, if you're cutting yourself, if you're addicted to drugs, if you have hatred and unforgiveness in your heart, are you asking Jesus? Because the moment we ask him, the moment we ask Jesus, we receive. And it's given to us. So guess what? If you need breakthrough tonight, there's good news. All you have to do is ask Jesus. Jesus, I need breakthrough in this area. Very simple, not complicated. I'm in Bible college. I love Bible college, but hey, guess what? You don't need a Bible college degree to do this. You just go to Jesus. I need breakthrough. Bam! God sends breakthrough. God sends freedom. Do we believe that in this place? Do we believe that if we ask Jesus for breakthrough, he gives us breakthrough supernaturally in a moment, instantly. Do we believe that? Do we believe Jesus' own words? Do we believe the things that he emphasized six different times? Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock on the door will be open to you. For everyone who who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be open to them. Jesus is making this very clear, guys. Very clear. There's no excuse. What are you waiting for? What do you need from Jesus tonight? If we can all stand. What do we need from Jesus tonight? What do you need? I love the practicality of this verse too. Maybe you're not on the verge of of killing somebody or joining some gang or whatever, but you just, you you, you need help to to focus more on your grades and and your schoolwork. You you need help to to, to pay off some bills. You you need to, you need need more focus. You need more energy. You're, you're You're getting tired very easily. Guys, whatever it is, whatever needs you have, I'm telling you, Jesus takes it seriously and he'll give it to you. Ask and you receive. If you need help, if you need grace, if you need practical wisdom and you need understanding. Guys, I was talking to some of you guys just a few days ago and and, and for some, we asked God for a job. We needed a job and God provided a job. We needed a car, God provided a car. We needed a place to stay, God provided a place to stay. What are we asking God for in this place? Because we will receive it. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Oh, Holy Spirit, we come before you right now. Holy Spirit, we need you. Just tell Jesus right now that you need him. Tell him in your own words. Guys, you could be healed right now. don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to wait any longer for breakthrough, for deliverance, for healing. You don't need to wait any longer. Guys, it's it's just an ask away. God gives good gifts to those who ask him. Who's going to ask Jesus for something tonight? Who's gonna ask Jesus for something tonight? Guys, whatever it is, I'm telling you, I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you. Think of the most craziest thing in your life that you look at, you're like, this could never change, this could never get any better, this could never happen in my life, this is so impossible. Whatever things you might be facing, challenges, trials, temptations, sins, whatever it is, guys, I dare you to ask the Father right now. I challenge you, ask him, because you will receive, guys not a game. Jesus plays with us. Why are we still struggling? Why are we still backslidden? Why haven't we made up our minds? Guys, I'm sorry, but I don't buy this whole I'm still backslidden thing. No, 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 you're not backslidden. You just don't want God. You just don't want to ask God for help because let me tell you what, the moment you ask him, he'll set you free. Who's willing to ask? Who's willing to approach the throne of God right now and say, Lord, give me this. Give me freedom." give me freedom. I never want to look at pornography again. Come on, guys. Somebody pray that prayer tonight in this place. I never want to smoke another blunt. I never want to say another cuss word. I never want to be influenced by what people say about me. Who's willing to ask the Father right now? Come on, guys. I just want to give you this moment. This is your moment. You talk to God. You talk to Jesus right now. He's made it clear. Ask and you'll receive. What do you want from the Lord right now? Ask him, he's willing, he's good. If you don't ask him now, when will you? If you don't ask him now for freedom, if you don't ask him now for breakthrough, when will you ask him? Later, next week, next month, next year? You're going to keep going around the mountain, coming to elevate the same over and over again, going through the same things over and over and over again, still struggling with this, still struggling with that, Guys, just ask God, for goodness sakes. Receive freedom. Receive breakthrough. Holy Spirit, come. I love Psalm 18, verse 3 here. David is speaking. Learned about David last week. It says here in verse 3, it says, I called out to the Lord. He is worthy of praise. He saved me from my enemies. I called out to the Lord. I asked him for help. He saves me from my enemies. Guys, guys, that's the God we serve. It's the God we serve. We cry out to him. We ask him for help. Guys, don't play and act like you have everything together. Don't tell me you guys aren't going through stuff. I know. Some of you guys face demons at night, guys. And let me tell you, you don't have to. Says I called out to the Lord and he saved me from my enemies, guys. Do you even want this? Maybe some of you haven't received anything from God cuz you don't even want anything from God. You want to stay in your sin. You want to see your family jacked up. You want to see your school go to hell. Guys, is anybody convicted in this place? Is anybody saying, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to be sick anymore. I want Jesus to touch me. God, right now, God, I ask you for breakthrough in this city, Lord God. God, I ask you, God, just based off of Matthew 7, God, I ask you, God, for freedom in Chicago, Lord. I pray that there would be an end to the violence, Lord God. God, I pray for my own great aunt, Lord God, that she would get saved, God. My own great aunt, God, that she would get saved, that she would repent, God. I ask you for the different friends that I have that aren't saved, God. Would you visit them right now, God, with dreams and visions, Lord? God, I pray, God, for, for, for the high schools, God, that you would strike down, God, the perversion, that you would destroy the works of the devil, God, that you would set the captives free, Lord. I pray for Elevate, God, that it would grow beyond anything we could even imagine, God, of testimonies, God, of youth getting saved and set free, Lord. I God, I ask you these things, God. God, I ask you in my own life, God, for more humility, Lord more humility, God, more reliance upon your spirit, Lord God, not being intimidated, God, not having any fear in my heart, Lord God, I ask you, God, give me more humility in my own life, Jesus, because God, I know if I ask for it, you'll give it to me, if I can have Jackie and Oscar come up, they're going to be the altar workers for tonight, guys, if you have a personal prayer that you want to go up to them and ask to pray for you for, they're more than, they're more than welcome to, uh, Pray for you and lay hands.